Welcome to the Destinations with Donnie podcast, where we explore your cultural passions, destination home, cuisine, community, relationships, and passion. Embrace your cultural identity as we bring you the tools to live in full color. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations with Donnie, where we explore your cultural passions. And today I'm so excited to have Amanda. Okay, I need you to say your last name with me because I always thought it was Bate, but is it just Bates? Okay, so <laughs> it, it is okay. Bate in the sense that my family okay. is Cameroonian. So in Cameroon, they would say yes. Bate. But then you get to the U.S. and you get to the West and they anglicize Well, that's what I was confused. I'm like, what's this Bates thing? I'm so confused. So so here's the thing. I respond to all of it. And so there are people who don't even call me by my first name. They'll just be like, Bate. And these are like people in the States. It's super funny. They're like, Bate. And I'm like, okay, I'll respond to that. that, But I will also respond to Amanda and Bates. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. So you're good. Very cool. I am so excited to have you on for a number of reasons. We know you have an, a podcast called The Black Expat, so I can't wait to talk about that. What? No, no, it's actually called The Global Chatter. I, so That's here's the deal, because there's there's someone else who has a podcast called The Black Expat. So when I started, my, when I st- here's a funny story. When I started my podcast, I was like, I'm going to call it The Expat Podcast, right? right? Because that's okay. normal. But the name had already been used for a podcast. And shout out to him. He'd had this podcast for a while and he was a black expat. And so I actually called it the global chatter. And and I'm glad I did because kind of similar to the work that you're doing, it allowed me, of course, there's a focus on black movement, black migration, but it also allowed me to open the door and talk to other underrepresented groups. And so what's been fun is that while black stories are yeah. the core i've had folks who are like you know arab descent pakistani oh, nice. descent you know who are latin latinx and so yeah yes. global chat you know it's so funny and i knew i did know that you changed it well i don't know yes i i thought it changed but from what you're saying it sounds like it started that way but what's stuck in my yes. head is the black expat <laughs> podcast which i guess i guess which we're giving him some props it's logical <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm not a gatekeeper, so I would be like, yo, there's this cool podcast, listen to it. But if you're coming for me, I'm the global chatter. No, and I mean, it's very logical. You run the Black Expat. That's what everybody knows me from. I say I have a podcast. They're like, oh, you have the Black Expat oh, podcast. No. I'm okay with it, though. I'm I'm okay with saying listen to his and listen so to have him. you I was gonna say have you have you spoken to this gentleman so I have here's the funny thing we have people in common because well, you know black expectation we have not we actually have not spoken and so I ha- I mean what do I, I, I haven't spoken to him although uh, it might be kind of cool to have him on my podcast but I think it'd get a little bit confusing because <laughs> I think people would be looking for the interview with the black expat wow. podcast. Hosted by the Black Expat wow. founder 
on the Global Chowder podcast. Wow. I mean, for brand recognition, it might be great for both of us, but like, it's also crazy. Wow. Okay. So to explain for the audience, everything that Amanda is talking about. So she is the founder of the Black Expat, which we'll talk about today and what yeah. that is and what she yeah. does and what they do. And she's also with the globe or founder of the Global Chatter podcast. And she's a third culture there kid from Cameroon. Yes. Family is from Cameroon. So should, we, should we talk? Family's okay. from Cameroon. I was born in at Howard. You were born at Howard like, as a university. The hospital, Howard University really? Hospital. If you're from DC, Howard got a hospital. Yeah, they got a med school. <laughs> no, I, shoot, I, I didn't grow up here. I don't know. <laughs> That's that's totally legit. That's totally legit. I'm like, you know, it's so funny. I should know. (laughs) I talk to people and I'm like, um, I'm like, you know, especially for in cultures, when we talk about the United States, you have to say the city and state, comma, USA. And some of my journalism Mm -hmm. people are like, why do we have to do that? And I'm like, okay, we are not US centric here, right? We have to remember that (laughs) we're reaching 200 countries and territories who knows if they know where podunk iowa is <laughs> right like do i yeah. even know no but even it no but even in the u.s That's nobody knows where stuff in howard in i mean howard is big dc is yeah. big and i still didn't know that there's a hospital there right so we always we always <laughs> have to talk yeah. about we try to speak in terms that the universe can you know understand okay so howard university hospital okay so let's let's dive in Give us all the goodness on your background. Yeah, so my story is, in some ways, I think it's very similar to folks in the the 70s and the 80s in terms of African Mm. migration. So my parents came from Cameroon. You know, and I always say this when people hear me speak, they're like, you definitely are English speaking. You're definitely Anglophone. I know Cameroon is a French country. And I said, aha, but here's the thing, like Canada, (laughs) <laughs> the official languages are English and French, but unlike Canada, the majority are Francophone speaking like the capital city, but there are two English speaking provinces, regions in the country. That's where my, my okay. parents came from. And so my parents did not come from the same tribes, but they came, they both came from an English speaking background, moved to the U S I was going to say that whole post-colonial period for those of you who understand uh, colonial history, written, especially with Sub-Saharan Africa, there was a lot of movement in terms of the West really opening up to students coming, you know, people coming to study and work and opportunities, post-civil rights era in the U.S. And so my parents came and I was born in the aforementioned D.C. and lived here and lived in the U.S. until I was 10. Um, nine or 10, I think it was around when I was nine, my, my parents decided that they were going to repatriate for them. I had never lived in Cameroon. I'd only been there once. I think I was two at that point. And what was really interesting about their repatriation is that, remember how I gave you kind of that geography and languages and cultures, whatnot? They did not move back to the regions they were familiar with that was English speaking. They moved to the capital city, which was French speaking. So yes, it was a country that they lived in. Yes, they were Cameroonian. But that was not their cultures, not their community, not their mother tongue. Um, my parents had each their own tribal languages. And then for me, not only had I never lived in Africa, not only did I not have a Cameroonian passport, but I also was not French speaking. <laughs> so I ended up 
going to the American school. And I did that up until I think it was ninth grade because at the time they only ended around ninth and 10th grade. And then I went to a different international school for high school. And so I have lived in a lot of communities within communities. You know, you know the term cross-cultural kid as well, right? So if you look at my family, yes, we were English speaking, but you're thinking about mixed passports, mixed tribes, mixed tribal languages, mixed micro-cultures, right? Um, mis mixed access to things, right? Like I was the only one in my family for the longest time that had an American passport which is always fun when you're a kid traveling on an American passport, but then your parents have, let us just say, a passport not right. of privilege, if you will, right. <laughs> which which creates different dynamics. And and my, my parents were, were residents of the States, but then also being in a community where I've gone from being a minority in the U.S., and this is at a young age, to now being a physical yeah. majority. But once again, because of class, because of privilege, because of access, still in my own kind of world compared to maybe other people wow. and peers my age. And then of course, going to the international school. So that's kind of where my whole, I like to hang out with what I call the box of mix, 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 misfit toys, yeah. right? These are, these are all the weird kids who've had all these weird experiences because I, I kind of get always being the other in a lot of places. I, man, I feel you in so many ways. <laughs> you in so many ways you know what my mind is blown I did not know all of these details about you my mind is blown because there are a few people that I meet that have as many dimensions as I do right um so we're in the TCK world we're in the expat world we're in the cross-cultural world so we we see all kinds of people and it's very fluid and and everyone has their different dimensionality but to be able to interact with someone who is highly dimensional. I mean, it's a level of understanding and belonging that most people don't get, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. it's interesting. I don't even, I don't know about you. I don't even try to, to explain or defend <laughs> how I think or things I do anymore because people are so certain, well, no, you would have done it that way. You should have done it that way. I'm like, okay. All right, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, I, I don't think like that. And if you explain how you think, they're very perplexed because it makes no sense to them, right? Makes perfect sense to me. And typically with other multidimensional people, right? Culturally multidimensional. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too, because, you know, as with the TCK world, um, people think, I don't know about you, but I, I, I find that of everything, that is my... I don't want to say my best tribe, but that's my tribe, right? Like, um, yes, I'm American. Yes, I'm Trinidadian. Yes, I'm Costa Rican. I'm all these different things. I, you know, I traveled here, went to this school, whatever, whatever. But the tribe that understands me the most would be the TCK tribe. And so people, um, and there's still so much nuance because as you have the black expat, right? One of the things I learned while teaching this at university, actually our producer was in my class. I think it was, actually it was in the first class that she was in when, when I first realized this, and maybe it was the third class that she had taken, um, that TCKs as a whole, majority TCKs didn't understand some of the nuance that came with TCKs who were minoritized, right? And uh -huh. even uh -huh. though um, for me, I always called it my superpower. 
some of the racism and some of the um, exclusion, exclusionary practices, that kind of thing. I could see them. I knew they were there, but they kind of bounced off me because they didn't penetrate my brain, right? Which is changing now. You know, after being in the work world, being at a university, um, you know, get as you get older too, because you know you're a child and things are mm -hmm. different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that sure. penetrates more than it used to. But I know, you know, when you look at the TCK world, people think, oh, when you talk about that being your tribe, that being your culture, each of you has to be the same. But no, your dimensionality is completely different from mine, but we're both so multidimensional, we would have an understanding of each other that other people only with that kind of multidimensionality, cultural multidimensionality would really understand, right? I was going to say some of my favorites. So if I think about my podcast and I've, I've talked to black and brown people moving for a variety of reasons for what, six, seven years now mm -hmm, intentionally, mm -hmm. right. Both between the site and, and the podcast. One of my favorite rounds of interviews were with two of my favorite people who were black TCKs. They were black TCKs and I wanted them to come on because specifically not only were they black, they were also African. And even with those shared conversations, there was still nuances yes. in their stories because with the three of us, I was the only one with a Western mm. passport. They had both lived one as a child had lived in the West and on the continent and other places. Right. And she lived in a couple of places. The other one, her father very intentionally made sure that all their moves and he worked for the UN was in Africa. So she had like seven or eight moves within the oh, African wow. continent. Now, you've got to begin to think about what does it look like? Okay, so we're talking about TCKs that people don't normally think about as TCKs, right? We're talking about class deferential because her dad worked for the UN. So you are an African TCK in another African country. What is the mm. dynamic of that, right? And then she goes to go study in the university and she goes to Europe. And then the issues of being able to have a visa to stay post-graduation and the reality of how some of the privileges fade away and the other things become like methods of oppression, right? And, 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 and restriction. And so even with the TCK experience, I always look at folks, look, let's be honest we do not have the same exact experiences yes. because we're yes. tck's yes. right but then when you when you have these other layers especially with groups that have not had their voices as loud as part of the conversation from the physical to the invisible you then start to get into some really even more i think uncomfortable conversations that i think are mm. worth having but i mean it was, that is easily one of my favorite episodes. And whenever I have black expat moms, especially black expat African moms, and they're talking, I'm like, uh, y'all ain't ready for this because you still on, I'm on 4.0 and you still on 1.0 with the, who's a TCK. And they're like, let me tell you about leaving my tribal history and having to do all this. And also people being racist and also the class issues. Wow. And I'm trying to raise wow. my kid. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting. So as part of Destinations with Donnie, we have Negra Como Soy, which is I'm Afro-Latina. And it's yeah. um, I have a co-host, Dr. Rhonda, who is Afro-Honduran. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, the episode didn't take. The sound wasn't great. But we had our mothers on. My mother's Trinidadian. Her mother's Honduran. Oh, my goodness. Like, I was so sad that episode yeah. didn't work because it was so good. And they were, we just sat and listened. <laughs> they were talking, right? I right. mean, there were so many right. stories and so many similarities. As you're talking, there's some differences there too. Similarities and differences, right? 
but it was interesting to see. And um, for me, all of that, you know, all of Central America and the Caribbean and the coast of the North coast of, um, of South America, the, all those people are very similar to me in my world, right? Like, and, and that was really solidified by the two moms talking. Like, it was amazing. But I, I think you bring up a good point and a second good point that I didn't realize until recently. You mentioned the privilege of Ameri- an American passport, right? Oh, I could talk well, about that all day. We're actually about <laughs> to do an article about, about that because I didn't even consider that until I think it was maybe five years ago, right? Because I was just used mm-hmm. to it. Now I have, I should have thought of it because I can have three passports, right? And my Trinidadian one is sitting right, right over right. here um, in my Costa Rican one. And I should have thought of it because I don't use the other ones, right? I just always- Right. And why, and why don't you use the other ones? Right. Girl, please. Like when you think about it, you're like, Cause it ain't gonna get you everywhere you want to go. Unlike who, who's got that credit? Is it visa yes. everywhere you want to go? Not all these oh passports. Look. It was like I was watching this movie. Have you seen Sense Eight? It's not a movie, a series. Sense Eight on Netflix. So I, I suggest you watch it. I find it very expat, TCK, multicultural, all the things. Right? Like I, I felt it was nice. There were many points where I felt really good about myself watching this movie, but there were this, this series, what was interesting about it? Um, oh shoot. Now I've forgotten that point since eight, we're talking about passwords. Dang it. I forgot. Um, oh crap. It was a very good point. I, I know that happens. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if it's age or there's a lot going on in my mind. I'm like, I can't remember either. I get it'll don't worry, it'll hit you at some point. But no, but but to your point though, like that's a real conversation, even when I talk about the black expat, because early on when I started, I got questions from non non-Western black folks who said, oh, is this for Americans? And I said, no, it's inclusive Black because they're different stories, right? And they said, well, you know, we don't consider ourselves expats because we never get to be called expats because they're coming from mm-hmm. non-Western countries. And I'm like, I understand. And then I, and then they were like, you're using the word Black. And I'm like, I understand, especially those of you who are African. But if I said, if I don't use Black and expat, ain't none of y'all going to find it. I know. They, these are all politicized terms. And very early on when I started the site, Every interview would just be like, oh, my God, this is such a highly political. I'm like, it's actually descriptive, but apparently saying that you can be expat and black all of a sudden was like, are you making a political statement? And I was just like, no, I'm just trying to make sure black people can find it, because if I call it anything else, they they won't find it. And so I had to unpack that. Okay, the term expat has really been not applied to non-Westerners of whatever persuasion right so that's part of the reason why the black expat became the black expat and then the term black like i said i had to put black in there because if i didn't it would have been hard to say that i was framing it just for this experience and for people to find it but i recognize that if you're african for the most part we don't necessarily call each other black because most of these countries are predominantly black we identify by tribes and by regions that is more of a western construct right but but I had to say that. So when people were going, oh, this is a politicized term, I'm like, to yeah. you, but right. to me, it's right. a descriptor. 
And so, and, and people honestly, let's be honest, people roll on the site because they're fascinated by the idea of like, and it's as many years as I've done this, <laughs> the fact that people are still fascinated wow. by the idea of, and, and you and I know this is not the biggest deal. It is, you get on a plane, whatever decision you've made, and you decide you are going to set up shop in Guyana and hopefully mm. it works out. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? If you ain't got a job, you know, like, I, let me, I can tell you on the people who just going and I'm looking at them like, I hope it works out. You got kids. But like, but do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, it is, but nobody ever says, let's talk about the white expat and people are like, oh my God, you decided to move to Paris. That is like, whatever. But if you say you're a black person and it doesn't matter where you're going, half the time people think it's because of conflict. I'm like, the person fell in love. It's not always trauma. Black people move. They've been moving since the beginning of time. Y'all just ain't never documented and think it started with slavery. What? <laughs> So, oh my gosh, that was that was a whole lot. That was a whole lot. So you know, can you tell I get asked like this all the time? And I'm like, really? You think no? And I no, but I do want to make this point. If for nothing else, if for nothing else, and I challenge you on this, look at it. Often when you see black migration in media, it does not matter where the black migration starts. It often is a story of pain yes. and struggle yeah, 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 yeah. or escaping conflict, but it doesn't get to be, and I've said this before, it doesn't get to be a movie where it's Audrey Hepburn going to Paris or London and it's breakfast at Tiffany's or not even Tiffany's, whatever. Somebody's always in Paris. We don't get Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris Wait, could no, have been no, a black no, girl. but there's, there's a new one on um, Netflix called From Scratch. Okay. But how know, long? You and I have been doing this work for a minute, right? And that's and that's like one. <laughs> I promise you, if you go look at the media, and it's it's never a young black male or a young black female who's just like, you know what? I'ma go yep. to Costa Rica and live my yep. best life. I ain't yep. running for nothing. I don't. We don't get our version of eat, pray, love. Yes. is what I'm saying. We know it's interesting because, um, so, okay, so a couple of things. My experience is a little different, <laughs> right. similar but different, right? I'm, 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 I'm unpacking all this with you. I'm like, wow, my mind is literally blown. But this is also part of me really just recently realizing the privilege of my passport as well, right? Because I was, like you, I was born in the United States, but at two weeks was my first international trip, mm -hmm. right? My first accent was not from the U.S. And um, I do get a lot of surprise. So- I used to hate it when I was younger. Hate it. They say military? Yes! Oh! Girl, I moved to the... Let me tell you a story. I moved to Qatar. If everybody and their mom was not like... And I'm talking... I, let me No, let me give you... Let me, I had come back from Qatar. I was in Las Vegas on a trip, right? I don't know. I, I was talking to some of these two gentlemen they were white or whatever and i said yeah i just came back from the millies i don't even know why i brought oh, it up no. right oh, said the no. thing had a pleasant conversation i go out of the elevator elevator door has not closed completely and i hear this guy one guy one looks at guy two and says oh i bet she was in the military first of all i ain't never shot nothing <laughs> in my life second of all I ain't go. Why is it got to be the military? But that's always the that's assumption, know, right? Too. If you're yeah. in the US, one thing we right. have to realize too, it's it's usually people from the U.S. that would ask me that question. I think back in the day, it's not so much like this anymore. Most people in the U.S. did not travel like that, and so 
for them as well, right. it was always someone in the military. Right. But then you have that extra layer of being a little deeper brown than they are. So like, they're like, how did you get over there? <laughs> I said it looked cool. And he looked, I've said that to people. They're like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, why, why wouldn't I go to Qatar? It's right there. Oh my God. It's yeah. Right there. It's so funny. I mean, um, it's like three planes. <laughs> I was talking to someone yesterday. I, I lived in Turkey when I was 12. And it was my favorite place in the world. I had a chance to go back there, la- or not had a chance. I went back there. I chose to go back there last summer, and um, I, w- you know, I was a little nervous because you know when you're little, everything is bright and shiny and big, and you're like, oh, I love it. And then you go back, and you're like, that's not what I remember. <laughs> so, so I was nervous that it would not be the place I remember. Oh my god, it was glorious. It was all of the things that I remembered. And what I said to someone just yesterday. Oh yeah, something about Turkey we're talking about. It. And she's like, Yeah, that's not a place I want to go. I'm like, she's like, why is it your favorite? I'm like, it's the absolute best. It's the people, it's the food, it's the atmosphere, it's all the things. And in her mind, I mean, because really that's it's European, it's Asian, depending on what side you were you're on. I lived on the Asian side when I was younger, and I was on both sides this trip. But um, you know, I always considered it kind of Middle Eastern as well. And people just they in the past didn't think of it as a place that they would go. I'm like, oh no, you're missing out. We also just had this conversation. I talked with someone who happens to be a military brat yesterday. Um, and we were talking about Vietnam and she was telling me like that is her absolute favorite and I have not been there. So all the things, so these are all places that people, especially not even just Western, but in the US don't necessarily think of as positive places. And y'all are missing mm-hmm. out, missing out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm sad because we're running out of time and I, I still want to hear some more stories. <laughs> I got, well, I mean, here's the thing. Do I always have a story? Yes. <laughs> so I've, I've always got stories. I mean, if you want to hear me ask stories, you can come to yes. the podcast, but if you want to hear more yes. of my story, you have to figure out how to get more of it out of me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, let's, let's take a minute to, to do that before we close up. Um, I do want to okay. end with how your experience got you to doing this work. And then we can give a plug for your podcast so people know where, where to find you. Sure. So here's the thing. I think growing up as a TCK, this is me personally, do not take this as general experience, but it made me really interested in people and their circumstances and and what was going on in their lives. Because when you're always around change and changing dynamics, I think that that could be a factor. And so for me, honestly, I think it's why I studied what I studied in college. All I always say all my degrees are people related. <laughs> I have four of them. They are all people Lord, related. Um I know it's insane, <laughs> but but I will tell you this. There are really two, three big reasons why I got to this work. Number one, I was working college access. I was working with first-generation high school students, 99% minority. I said, when you get to college, when you go, study abroad. And they would say, Miss Amanda, don't know anyone who looks like us who lives abroad. And so I said, hmm, I think maybe we need a platform that showcases and normalizes Black people moving abroad for regular reasons. So that's the first reason. But the second reason, and I think you really hit on this with the conversations that 
uh, about your other pod, your, you know, that podcast interview with your, with the moms is this, there's so much that we don't document and so much in history that has happened. I thought it was important that there was a place that we collect these stories and that we show we have been doing this, that this has been part of our heritage, this is part of our experiences, and that, you know, long after we're gone, someone digs up the podcast that I am now on season four of, uh, (laughs) that they listen and go, okay, it's not weird anymore that I want to move to Mm -hmm. Bulgaria. It's not weird anymore that I want to go to Croatia. It's not weird anymore that I want to be in Ghana because... People have been doing it. And, 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 and the more it becomes normal, the less it becomes like this weird thing that we hold as like black people don't do or you can't do it or there's nothing to gain from it. And so I, I guess to sum it up, it was nosiness <laughs> and, a, and a willingness to leave a legacy that kind of got me. To oh, that's that. fantastic. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, the topic is on point and I can't wait to listen to more episodes of the Global Chatter podcast. Um, there you go. And like I said, I I knew the name. I don't know why. I well, I do know why. I still said Black Expat. Girl, I, yeah, yeah Black I know. Expat. Right? <laughs> I, I got think you. Of you. That's what I think of. I I also just need to think of Global Chatter too. However, how will people find you in either place? The easiest way is how everyone finds me now: theblackexpat.com. <laughs> It links you to it leads you to the podcast. It leads you to the stories. It leads you to the resources. It leads you to contacting me. So that's where I, that's where I go. And we're the we're the we're the black expat across social media. I mean, we've had this thing for a while. So and this is <laughs> so, your, just, so yeah. as um this is your website. But as a job, what do you do yeah. for people on the website other than tell these stories and do all the fantastic things, bringing people together? What is it that brings you your revenue at the um, black expat? Man, advertising and sponsorship. Um, I think, and I will say this, especially in the post-George mm-hmm. Floyd era, I think more and more groups really wanted to tap into these Black moving communities. They wanted to tap into diverse mm-hmm. stories, especially with an international event. They wanted to tap into getting connected to coaches and resources that they can use with their teams. And so that's where it's multifold right now. Um, and I'm telling you, like, interestingly enough, that podcast, I, and I will say this, and you'll hear this jokingly on the start of season four when it launches next month, is this, this is probably the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life, the Black Expat in these podcasts. Like, and I, I have a lot, look, I have a lot of ideas, I get them started, and then I pass oh them God. off, but this podcast, and I can tell it's because I really value the stories, and I know you're the same way because you're a storyteller you can only value the fact that people allow you to hold space for them to share who they are and what they've been through. And so, yeah, people want to get tapped to that. And so you'd be shocked. They'd pay for it. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be paid attached to the no, storytelling. Great. No, and they should pay for it because these are even, even I, I mean, I do this every day, but just sitting here with you, hearing your story, I mean, that nourishes me and it nourishes yeah. other people. And, and it's something that's yeah. needed in the world and it's, there's not enough of it. So Thank you Agreed. so much, Amanda Bate Bates, whether you're Western or not. <laughs> right? <laughs> you call me any of the above, I will respond. I am so glad that you were on. You. you were fantastic. And uh, I appreciate your energy today. And I look forward to introducing people to you. Oh my gosh, Donnie, thank you for your time. And this is all your 500 platforms. You got more platforms than anybody should have. But I, I appreciate the work you're doing and I share it. <laughs> I do.
Like I said, you were hey, so we're about about media you products me. and experiences. So, you know, we have all the things, I the mean, videos, the podcasts, the, or so audio, the print, magazine, the digital. magazine, <laughs> right. I know. I know. I'm just like, how is Donnie? She the only per- no, slight joke. I was like, I'd like to say I hustle like a Jamaican and a Nigerian. I feel like you are definitely hustling that Caribbean side of you is like, Full on hustle. Full on. That's that's funny that you say that because, okay, back, uh, we we need to close up, but back to talking about, you know, stereotypes and that type of thing. I got to say, when I was younger, I definitely had that Caribbean hustle. However, (laughs) this is a full on company like Oprah, like, like Martha Stewart. Like, why do black people have to hustle, but Martha needs to have a corporation? That is true. That is true. And I will say, I will say, the Black Expat is a corporation. It is trademarked. So it is. Let me let me not not act like it's not legit with the U.S. government. It's actually. I mean, it is actually. I went through the entire trademarking process. So that was also because people kept stealing my logo. But that's a whole other story. But yes, it is trademarked. It is a com- It is incorporated, and it gets taxes paid on. So there you go. It's legit. So I know your stuff is legit. Thank you I got so you. much. It was a pleasure. And man, I can't even, I'm still Always. crying from all the laughter. All right. <laughs> I hope you have a fantastic day. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening or watching Destinations with Donnie. Show your support by rating this episode on your podcast platform, wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to get notifications of new episodes because you don't want to ever ever miss out on any of this cross-cultural goodness.